Amos chapter 3 tonight. Amos chapter 3. In the name of chapter 3, I'll begin reading in verse 1. Hear this word that the Lord has spoken against you, O children of Israel, against the whole family which I brought up from the land of Egypt, saying, You only have I known of all the families of the earth, therefore will I punish you for all your iniquities. Can two walk together, except they be agreed? Will a lion roar in the forest when he hath no prey? Will a young lion cry out of his den if he have take, taken nothing? Can a bird fall in a snare upon the earth where no genius is for him? Shall one take up a snare from the earth and have taken nothing at all? Shall a trumpet be blown in the city and the people not be afraid? Shall there be evil in a city and the Lord hath not done it. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word tonight, and, and I thank you uh, for the precious, precious blood of Christ. And Father, what a privilege it is to, to be a Christian, to know that we have eternal life, uh, to know that you're going to come back and uh, take us home to be with you, to know you're going to be here with us every step of the way to help us to continue to be witnesses for you, and God, to uh, do what we can to uh, point others to Christ. And God, I ask you to fill me with your spirit and, and to help me minister your word to the church tonight. And, uh, be with Lisa in the nursery, fill me with your spirit, watching the children, God. I thank you for the good services this morning, for the word that went forth during the Sunday school hour, during the worship hour. And uh, what a blessing it is, God, to have, have your living word. And, and to know the changes that you've wrought in our hearts and the callings that you have put upon our lives because we belong to you. And God, uh, surely our hearts long that others may know you because we've known such joy ourselves in knowing you, uh, such uh, amazing care, uh, such wonderful direction. Uh, God, uh, uh, salvation is never repented of. No one's ever sorry they got saved. And Father, uh, uh, we can see why. And we look to you. Pray you be glorified. Father, we pray and ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 You may be seated. All right, so we took a little break from uh, Amos uh, last week, looking at uh, uh, Easter service and such, and, and uh, uh, looking at some different things there. <clears throat> I guess it was from from the from the, from the beatitudes we took the break, wasn't it? Uh, and we did uh, finish up Amos chapter three uh, last week on uh, uh, chapter two last week on Sunday. All right. Uh, so Amos continues his preaching as uh, God has called him to. He says, "Hear this word that the Lord has spoken against you, O children of Israel." against the whole family which I brought up from the land of Egypt. Uh, and so he continues there. So Amos obviously is preaching to all of Israel, every tribe, 
Judah, the, North, the southern kingdom, Israel, uh, the northern kingdom alike, every tribe uh, among them. Of course, by reason of his location uh, in, the southern, uh, in the northern kingdom, uh, they're going to be receiving it first, and the others will get that uh, uh, fr from others uh, as, it, as it is passed on. Uh, the, those uh, where he's preaching in the northern kingdom will get it directly. Uh, the northern kingdom, of course, uh, was the largest of the two kingdoms and uh, the two divided kingdoms. But by this time, we realize that uh, both kingdoms now contained Israelites uh, from every tribe. So really, either kingdom was representative of all the tribes uh, uh, of Israel uh, at this time. Many of the godly from all the tribes uh, uh, flocked to Judah. And no doubt there were those who cared not for the temple worship uh, and who moved from Judah to the northern kingdom. Uh, that's kind of uh, what human nature <laughs> does. And uh, so we have uh, uh, some from every tribe in, in both the northern and the southern uh, kingdom. In 2 Chronicles 11, 14, uh, the Bible says about this, uh, uh, about this event, For the Levites left their suburbs and their possessions and came to Judah and Jerusalem. For Jeroboam and his sons had cast them off from executing the priest's office uh, unto the Lord. And he, and he ordained him priests for the high places and for the devils and for the calves, which he had made. That would be Jeroboam uh, the first there. Uh, we're looking at Amos under Jeroboam the second. But uh, Jeroboam the first, member had made the two calves and such, and so he didn't have any use for the priests of God uh, in the temple worship. He, he, ha he hired his, uh, uh, his, his paid uh, false priests and such. And uh, so, uh, so many of the Levites left and came to Judah. After them, out of all the tribes of Israel, such as set their hearts to seek the Lord God of Israel, came to Jerusalem to sacrifice unto the Lord God of their fathers. So even the godly in the northern kingdom uh, still came to Judah and, uh, and, and would partake in the, in the temple uh, feasts and such and worship that were going on. Uh, so a representation of, no doubt, all tribes in uh, both kingdoms. Uh, God continues uh, through Amos, uh, second part of verse 2. You only have I known of all the families of the earth. So that's a statement that we understand only by the, the big picture uh, of what the scriptures tell us about God and his knowledge, of course, and, and uh, his choosing of Israel. Uh, here is another testimony to the fact that Israel is God's chosen nation. They're his chosen people. He chose to bless them upon this earth and, and to bring uh, blessings to the earth through them. And so they have a special place uh, 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 in God's program. Uh, and he, they will again, by the way. And uh, he'll be regathered there at the end of the, that uh, tribulation and, and will have a special uh, uh, workings and, and, uh, and, and, and use of God through the, through the kingdom, uh, uh, the millennial reign there. So God says, you only have I known. He knows all nations. Uh, but he chose this, uh, this uh, nation of Israel to bless them in a mighty way and to show his hand through them. And to reveal himself, what? As the one true God uh, through uh, Israel. He would bless them materially, materially when they obeyed. And he would punish them distinctly when they disobeyed him. His hand would be seen upon them like no other nation uh, before or since. He chose to bring the prophets, the scriptures, and the Messiah through the nation of Israel. None of those things guaranteed a single Israelite salvation. okay, Or that they would know God in a spiritual sense. Uh, yet God blessed them 
um, in all in all of those ways. Uh, Moses himself was uh, was amazed at this and passed on the, the inspirations in Deuteronomy 4:32. Ask now of the days that are past, which were before, since the day that God created man upon the earth, and ask from the one side of heaven unto the other whether there hath been any such thing as this great thing, or hath, hath been heard the like it. Did ever a people hear the voice of God speaking out of the midst of the fire, as thou hast heard and live? The answer would be no. <laughs> uh, or, ha or hath God essayed to go and take him a nation from the midst of another nation, by temptations, by signs, and by wonders, and by war, and by a mighty hand, and by a stretched out arm, and by great terrors, according to all the Lord your God did for you in Egypt before your eyes? And the answer again would be no, only Israel uh, experienced those things. Unto thee it was showed that thou mightest know that the Lord, he is God, there is none else beside him. And the major, one of the major witnesses of Israel is what? Showing that there is the one true God, there is one, uh, one, uh, one God. I think even of uh, the uh, false uh, prophet Balaam, who was hired by Balak, and uh, he was uh, 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 tending to his uh, soothsaying stuff and all his, his false stuff when God, uh, when Balak called him and uh, wanted uh, him to uh, curse Israel. Remember that? And so Balak uh, called him, wanted Balaam to curse Israel. And uh, then God spoke to, uh, to, uh, to, to, uh, to Balaam and he wouldn't curse Israel. What's he say in Numbers 23, 23? Sure, there is no enchantment against Jacob, neither is there any divination against Israel. According to this time, it shall be said of Jacob and Israel, what hath God wrought? This mighty nation, what in the world is God doing through this people? Because he, obviously, he'd been, in a sense, touched by God <laughs> more than he wanted to, actually. And, uh, and, uh, and so he dared not speak against Israel. And he, his final proclamation was, "Whoa, what a, what a mighty God!" Then he still goes back and you know plots against them and plots their destruction with his false teaching. He goes back to his false teaching when God, when, you know, when God leaves, leaves them alone. Uh, and uh, but he realized the mighty hand of God upon Israel, even one who is not a believer. I don't think he left a true believer either. Uh, so uh, we think of all this. And by the way, now we have the benefit of even more history, don't we? Uh, we have seen uh, even more than what was revealed at this time. We can say, has there ever been a nation so persecuted and so hated by the word of God and driven from their land to be, di to be dispersed among the nations, yet they have returned to their land and become a, a sovereign nation again? Has that ever happened? And the answer would be no. And uh, God's hand upon Israel uh, in such, in such uh, a, a, a mighty way. And uh, when we think about that and, and ponder that, uh, the next part of this verse might be a little surprising. Uh, uh, verse 2b, Therefore will I punish you for all your iniquities. Oh, wait a minute. I thought, I thought Israel was God's special people. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that doesn't excuse them from punishment. Matter of fact, uh, that makes them what? More in line for it. Amen. And uh, that's really where we are too, being born again. Uh, uh, God uh, chastens all, all of his own. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse uh, 3 and following uh, remind us of God's chastening program for all those that are his children. And, uh, and, uh, and he wants us to, to, to remember that, uh, that uh, whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth and scourges every son whom he receiveth. Hebrews 12, 6. 
If ye endure chastening, God dealeth with you as, as with sons. But what son is he whom the Father chasteth not? But if he be without chastisement, whereof all partakers, then are you bastards and not sons. Uh, furthermore, we have had fathers of our flesh which corrected us, and we gave them reverence. Shall we not uh, uh, much rather be in subjection unto the Father of spirits and live? For they verily for a few days chastened us after their own pleasure. But he for our profit, uh, that we might be partakers of his holiness. So we have earthly fathers, and they chastened us, and, and they, they did it in the way that they felt was right. Were they always right? No. Uh, but they did it in the way that they felt was right. And, uh, but the fact is, in, in our chastening, what? God has never made a mistake with his children. All the chastening has been for our good to bring, him, to bring us, as we talked this morning, into that walk of holiness. So why? So that we can know him and we can have that peace that is untouchable by, world, by worldly circumstances. That we can know the love of Christ that helps us to what? Even love our enemies. All these things that are so beyond the world are for all of us. And we are well able uh, to experience them through the spirit and power of, uh, of the word of God. And he wants us to do that. Uh, and he has all of that for it. He work, part, his chastening is part of that to work us into that. As Brother Chris was saying, it, sometimes it hurts. It's not fun. The flesh doesn't like that stuff. You know, We like to do what we want to do and go where we want to go. And, and uh, I was talking with uh, Nelson this morning, and, and one of the things that God's still working on me you know, is, 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 uh, is, is the scheduling. And I get something planned out I want to get done, and something happens, and, and i got to change my, my schedule. I don't really like that. You know, and and uh, if, if I don't watch it, you know, uh, I, I'll, I'll kind of get crossways and get a little little pouty, you know. And well, I wanted to get that done today. Now, what am I going to do, you know? And what God's working on me is, okay, now you're going to do the, you're going to you're going to do something else. I direct you to do with just as much right spirit as you would have done that that you planned, you know. And uh, God's patient, isn't He? And uh, but He does chasten us, and He does He does bring us along. He's going to chasten Israel. Uh, Luke twelve forty eight. to whom uh, men have committed much of him they will ask the more and, uh, and by the way God has committed much to us amen the gospel 2 Corinthians 5 has been committed unto us and so we are to get that out and, uh, and be witnesses in our lives uh, of, of the gospel message of, of, of Jesus Christ he's working these things so now uh, Amon uh, is going to give some illustrations uh, that, that were familiar to him in his own life as a shepherd in the wilderness of Tekoa. Uh, he's going to teach us some things about God's judgment. And we see uh, that he's going to present some uh, effects and causes uh, in that order. Uh, by the way, he, he kind of did that when he talked about the judgments. Uh, he says, uh, he says, for uh, in, let's say, look at, uh, oh, say, uh, Amos 1, 3. Let's say it the Lord. For three transgressions of Damascus and for four, I will not turn away the punishment thereof. There's the effect. He puts the effect first. Every effect has a what? A cause, right? And now he gives the cause. He goes, he goes on there. Because they have threshed Gilead with threshing instruments of iron. And we went in, into detail about those things. So he gives the effect. And the cause in these judgments. And now as we look uh, at, uh, at Amos preaching, he's going to do the same thing again. He's going to give an effect and a cause. An effect and a cause. And so he goes down through this. Uh, uh, some might be surprised at this message of judgment that Amos is teaching and preaching. 
God's people are going to be punished by him. They're not right with God. And we'll see some applications to make on this. Uh, can two walk together except they be agreed? And the rhetorical answer would be no. And so all the way down through here, uh, the answer is going to be uh, no. Uh, obviously, uh, uh, they, uh, they cannot. Can two walk together uh, except uh, they, they be agreed? In, uh, in Leviticus 26 and verse 12, uh, God said, uh, had told his people, uh, uh, I will walk among you and will be your God and ye shall be my people. But if ye will not hearken unto me, Leviticus 26, 14, and will, do, and, and, and will not do all these commandments, if ye shall despise my statutes or if your soul abhor my judgment so you will not do all my commandments, but uh, that ye break my covenant, he says, I will do this unto you. I will even appoint over you terror. Uh, so uh, God wants them to walk with him. Uh, Paul encourages us as believers to walk together, doesn't he? Uh, and uh, as we walk with God, that is, of course. Uh, in uh, Philippians 3.16, Nevertheless, whereunto do we have already attained, that which we know is true, that which we have studied together and find to be true in the word of God, uh, Paul says, don't lose it. Uh, don't forget it. Don't let it slip, you know, uh, as Hebrews puts it. Don't, don't let that slip. And, uh, and let's walk in, in those things. He says, be followers together of me, walking together. And mark them which walk so as you have us for an example. Uh, we are to be careful about who we walk with. Be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? What communion hath light with darkness? We walk in the light. We have what? Fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us uh, from all sin. So we need to be walking together. First uh, John 2, 6. He that saith he abideth in him ought himself also what? To walk even as he walked. So that's how we are to walk. That's Israel was supposed to be walking uh, with God. I think of Proverbs 13, 20. He that walketh with wise men shall be wise, but a companion of fools shall be destroyed. There's another good reason to walk with, with godly people. Amen. And, uh, and we need to do that. Uh, so uh, can two walk together except they, they be agreed? Obviously, uh, uh, they cannot. In uh, verse 4, Will the lion roar in the forest when he hath no prey? Uh, and of course, the answer is no. Uh, he's not going to do that. It was interesting... Uh, the differences of opinion as I read different uh, areas of, of lions roaring and why do they roar, roar and how is that associated with the hunting and having the prey and not having a prey and, and all that and, and, uh, and there, were, there were some disagreements uh, on, on when a lions roar uh, but, uh, but I, I managed to uh, pick a side because I picked a side that went with the Bible amen and uh, uh, I, I, look, I look at uh, look at the Bible I believe some historians uh, because, more because they line up with the Bible uh, I believe some, some archaeologists more because they line up with the Bible you see this is truth first amen and we compare all else to it and so uh, some of those uh, animal uh, 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 
people that know have all that knowledge about the animals, those experts, I believe the ones who agree with the Bible. I think they're the ones that that that, uh, that got it right. And uh, so 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 we think about that. Will a lion roar uh, uh, when he hath no prey? And by the way, Isaiah gives us some light about that. Uh, and uh, God is talking about in, in Isaiah 55, in Isaiah 5:27, God is going to be sending judgment uh, upon uh, Judah. He talks about the enemies that will be coming, the judgment that will be coming. Uh, none shall be weary nor stumble among them. Uh, quite different from the picture that God gave about Israel trying to defend against their enemies. <laughs> Uh, when you run, it won't be fast enough. When you're strong, you won't be strong enough. When you have weapons, they they won't they won't be advanced enough. You know, it's kind of you'll see the opposite picture when he's sending the enemies on them. Why? Because at this point, God's on their side. God's using them to judge judge Israel. None shall be weary nor stumble among them. None shall slumber nor sleep. Neither shall the girdle of their loins be loosed, or the latchet of their shoes be broken. Whose arrows, we saw some, whose arrows are sharp and their bows bent, their horses' hooves shall be counted like flint and their wheels like a whirlwind. All those were to no avail for Israel because why? They were against God. But God says, now because I'm using the enemies, all their stuff's going to work. <laughs> it's going to accomplish what I want it, want it to accomplish. He goes on to say about those enemies, he says, uh, their roaring shall be like a lion. They shall roar like like lions. Yea, shall they they shall roar and lay hold of the prey. That that made the decision for me. Some had said a lion will roar when it gets close enough. The pack has or the the uh, the pride has has is uh, either encircled the prey or the lion is close enough where he 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 is he is tasting the prey and then he'll roar as he's attacking. He's of course not going to roar while the lion, while he's far enough away to give give the prey where he couldn't escape if the prey took off. No, when the lion roars, hunting his prey, he's now close enough. Uh, it's too late; the prey didn't see him soon enough. Or the lion's roaring to scare him ahead into the other lions waiting in the brush, waiting in the bushes. Uh, either way, when the lion roars for the prey, he's been hunting, and and, and the capture is imminent. And, uh, and, and they're about, to, about to, uh, to devour the prey. That's when the lion uh, roars in the hunting. And, uh, and uh, the wise experts agree with Isaiah uh, on that. And, uh, and so he, he, he roars. Uh, Ezekiel talks about that. Ezekiel 22, 25, he, he kind of compares the false prophets like lions. He says, there's a conspiracy of her prophets in the midst of her. Uh, Judah, like a roaring lion, ravening the prey. They have devoured souls. They have taken the treasure and, and precious things. They have made her many widows in the midst of her. And so we see uh, uh, God's enemies uh, 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 like a, a lion roaring. Matter of fact, God is like a lion roaring against them at this time. We'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, verse 4, Will a young lion cry out of his den if he have taken nothing? And... Uh, uh, there's an argument over uh, over the scholars of whether that whether that's a cub or, or whether and some say no it's still a hunting lion and such. The uh, uh, fact is if it's the hunting lion, uh, the no answer would be uh, the hunting lions won't. The, the, and by the way, 
you notice it's cry here. He says, uh, he says well, the young lions will, will uh, uh, cry out of his den if you have taken nothing. They'll growl back and forth out of the den. You ever, have you ever seen any documentaries on, on lions? As they're eating their prey, what are they doing? Every once in a while, they're fighting. They get mad at each other. They'll, they'll go over and, and, you know, and, and whip around and try to take a bite of, of one that's getting too close to his portion, you know. And there's a growling and, a, and kind of a, a cry even while they're devouring the prey uh, in, in the den. If it's a young lion, uh, you ever see a mother lion go out and hunt? And, and the young lions are kept in the den. What do they do? They don't make a sound. Because mama said, be quiet. <laughs> I'm not here to keep you safe. And, and, and they stay in the den. So, so, either, so either way, uh, if, it's, if it's a hunting lion, uh, then they're not going to roar. Uh, uh, the, 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 there's going to be a crying in the den, you know, when, when they, when, uh, and uh, uh, there's, no, there's going to be no crying in the den because there's no prey. If it's a young lion, there'll be no crying in the den because mama said be quiet. <laughs> so either way, the answer is no. And uh, uh, interesting, to, if you want to study that out, that out some more. 5a can a bird fall in a snare upon the earth where no gin is for him and uh, uh, Amos perhaps knew something about this as a shepherd maybe trapping some birds for uh, whatever he might uh, use them for it's interesting that they would set snares for birds and uh, uh, they would get the bait uh, the bird would fly into the to, to the trap and and uh, uh, to get the bait and, and the bird's weight would move a, a stick with a shallow notch in it. Another stick that's resting in that notch is holding a string which is under pressure because it's attached to a bent willow or something and it's ready to spring. So that spring is attached either to a, a string with a, like a little slip knot on it, like kind of like a noose that's spread it out so the bird can step in it. Uh, or, or it's attached to the end of a small net and when, that, when it's sprung, that willow springs up and either tightens the noose around the bird or brings the net over the bird. And so the bird uh, will get caught. And so what happens when the bird gets caught is what? As soon as that thing springs up, what's the bird do? He flies up. But when, he is, but when he's caught, what's happened? He's pulled back down to the earth. Uh, so you, as you walk up to the trap, you see the bird going up, down, up, down. He's trying, he's trying to fly away, but he keeps getting flung back down to the earth. It's a bird uh, that's caught in a trap. Israel's caught in their own trap, in their, in their own disobedience. And uh, that's what, so he, he says, uh, uh, can a bird uh, fall in a snare upon the earth where no gin is set for him? No, obviously. Uh, 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 second part, shall one take up a snare from the earth having taken nothing at all? And uh, some uh, would say that's the idea of a trap being taken up to be, to be reset. Obviously because what? Something stepped in it. <laughs> and uh, and uh, so, 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 it, so it went off. So no, they're not if, if something didn't step in it, they're not taking it up to reset it. Uh, the other idea is some would say, well, uh, 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 no, if a tra it's an empty trap, nothing came into it, uh, well, the trapper leaves it. Uh, I've uh, watched some of those uh, shows, those Alaska shows on on uh, trapping and such, and and these people have trap lines, and and, uh, and 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 a lot of times they come up to a trap. Those things are hard are hard to set. My uncle uh, actually had a trap line, and uh, some of those that you're trying to set them, and you know it slips, and then now you got you got another cut in your finger, another big old bruise on your hand. You know, you're trying to set those things, and the trapper comes up to it. If he just set that thing, there's nothing in it. He leaves it. <laughs> 
I'll let, I'll let that sit a while and uh, didn't take anything in it. So either way, we know the right answer anyway right now is no. And, uh, and, uh, and so it's, it's, it's not going not gonna to do that. All right. Um, and then verse, uh, uh, verse 6, the first part. Shall a trumpet be blown in the city and the people not be afraid? Well, of course not. The watchman in the city is set there. Well, he's to sound the trumpet regarding danger. When the watchman in the city blows a trumpet, trouble's coming. And uh, that's what you put them out there for. So when they hear the trumpet, uh, you know, it's just, just to have another donut. You know? No, it's time to do you, you, whatever your escape plan is, your battle plan is, get it ready. Because your watchman has said danger's coming. Obviously, obviously. Uh, uh, they're, they're, they're going to be aware of that and the people are going to be there's going to be a fear in the, in the people there uh, uh, 6b uh, sh- uh, shall there be evil in a city and the Lord hath not done it now there's a good verse on the sovereignty of God God is in control of all isn't he uh, there can no evil uh, happen uh, Satan can't do a single thing without permission from God. Uh, everything that Satan does on the earth has to go by God's desk, okay? And, uh, and so God either, either initiates things or allows things. He's in control of everything. And believers, that's especially true for you and I. God allows something in our life that, that we might deem as evil because it hurts and it involves loss, <laughs> you know, sometimes we, we just always picture those things as evil when they actually turn out good. Uh, but uh, but when, when trouble comes, uh, uh, God is, is sovereign over that. And he's wanting to use it, what? For our good and for his glory, always. And so, uh, uh, can evil come in the city and the Lord hath not done it? No, I uh, can't do that. Uh, and so that gives us a good perspective on the COVID and stuff, doesn't it? And, uh, uh, and uh, we need to remember that. God's in control, and uh, we can glorify his name and whatever he allows. Uh, verse 7. Surely the Lord God will do nothing, but he revealeth his secret unto his servants, the prophets. Now, we need to keep this in perspective. Does this mean that God has no secrets and he's revealed everything to his prophets? No, it doesn't mean that. Uh, matter of fact, uh, we have a very dear truth that we hold here, the truth of the church. And we understand that the church, New Testament church, what? Was not revealed to the Old Testament prophets. Uh, that was a secret uh, that was kept from them. Uh, that was not uh, revealed uh, to them. Uh, in Matthew thirteen thirty four those who had rejected Christ, he spake uh, unto them in parables, and without a parable spake he not unto them, that it might be fulfilled which is spoken by the prophet, saying, I will open my mouth in parables, I will utter things which, I have, which have been kept secret from the foundation of the world. So God kept some secrets, and, uh, and we see that. Uh, uh, the mystery of the church. Paul uh, says in other ages, Ephesians 3, 4, he says, it was, it was not made known unto the sons of men as it is now revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. That the Gentiles should be fellow heirs uh, and of the same body partakers of his promise in Christ by the gospel was not revealed uh, to, to the Old Testament prophets like we see it today. So what are we saying here? Uh, that God, the Lord, Lord will do nothing but he revealed his secret 
unto his servants, the prophets. Well, we need to keep it in the context of Amos. What is Amos talking about? Judgment. Judgment upon the nations, judgment upon uh, Israel and Judah, the, all 12 tribes, but he, he happens to be preaching uh, in the northern kingdom. But he's talking about the judgment of God that's coming. And if we look at how God works, he doesn't secretly judge people. <laughs> He doesn't sneak a judgment up upon somebody. You know, these people, you know, uh, I'm going to destroy this nation, and, uh, and they won't have any, any idea why. <laughs> There'll be no war. They'll be so surprised. God never does that. We never see that in the Bible, do we? God always what? Warns. Matter of fact, he warns and warns and warns again, doesn't he? Uh, and, and he tells his prophets, when the judgment's coming, he sends the message forth. And we see that all, 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 throughout, all throughout the scriptures. Adam and Eve. You know, that, that judgment, that first judgment of God there in Genesis chapter 3. What did God say in chapter 2? But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, what? Thou shalt surely die. Warning. Uh, flashing light, Adam and Eve. Uh, that tree there, judgment will come if you eat of that tree. God began that way. Uh, uh, and, uh, and by the way, he told, him, uh, he told them that himself. Uh, that, uh, and then he tells us through his prophets, I think about the flood. God told Noah uh, in Genesis 6, 3, My spirit shall not always strive with man, uh, for that he is that for that he also is flesh, yet his days shall be an hundred and twenty years. And I believe that was a hundred and twenty year warning that the flood's coming. We know that Noah was a preacher of righteousness, and he preached these things that got this, these warnings that God had shared to the world. Uh, and in Genesis seven four, uh, God tells Noah, "For yet seven days, and I will cause it to rain upon the earth." 40 days and 40 nights and every living substance that I have made will I destroy from off the face of the earth Genesis 7-4 so we have a 20 year uh, a, uh, a uh, what was it uh, 120 year warning uh, and a one week warning at least some believe in the name of, of Methuselah there is, there, there is an indication uh, of, of when, when he dies the flood will come so some believe that Methuselah, Methuselah's whole life uh, was a warning from God saying, after this guy goes, it, judgment's coming, judgment's coming. And uh, uh, God gave plenty, uh, plenty of judgments uh, and, uh, uh, in, in the flood. We think about Babel. Uh, did they have any, any indication of that God might do something? Well, I think they did. God blessed Noah and his sons. And, uh, and what did he tell them? Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. And what did they do when they got together at Babel? They said, go to, in Genesis 11, uh, 4, let us go down, and there can, uh, or uh, God speaking, uh, they said, uh, let, in Genesis 11, 4, they said, let us build us a city and a tower whose top may reach unto heaven, and let us make us a name, lest we be scattered upon the face of the whole earth. <laughs> We're going to do what we want. We're going to make us a name. God says, here's what I want you to do, Noah, and everybody following you. Spill the whole earth, scatter. And then eventually they all got together in their wickedness and said, let's all gather together. Uh, we don't want to scatter. We're going to build us a name. And so they should have, they should have known 
judgment was coming. They are disobeying God. They learned from Genesis that the wages of sin is what? Death. Uh, when Adam and Eve ate of that fruit, what? Somebody died. Amen. And, uh, and so all, all these things are passed on. They knew that too. They had, they had those warnings. Uh, they knew the story of the flood and, 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 and those things. And yet what did they do? Go against God. Go against God and try to uh, glorify themselves and not do what God has, has called them to do. Uh, so God, he, he, he lets us know that judgment is coming uh, through his prophets and through his word. I believe it is the nature of condemnation that condemnation is the rejection of light. Condemnation is the rejection of light. Uh, John 3.19, and this is the condemnation. Uh, the, here's the nature of condemnation. That light has come into the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. And I think uh, whatever light comes, and we'll talk about that some more, uh, what, what kind of light does man reject? Romans chapter 1, the light of creation. Anybody who rejects that? Condemnation. Uh, just condemnation. Uh, the light of conscience and law rejected. Romans chapter 2. Uh, what's that bring? Condemnation. Judgment. Uh, the light of Christ is rejected in Romans 5 through 10. And the light of Christ is rejected. What comes? Condemnation. But with all that, there is that light that's given, and then, and then it's rejected. Uh, you, sin is revealed, and a choice is, we are presented with a choice. Which will I choose? That you choose at that moment is that which you choose to love at that moment. Uh, creation says there is a one true God. Uh, the heathen says, uh, I'll worship my many gods. What he has done? He has chosen to love his polytheism over monotheism. He has chosen to love the false lie of his polytheism over monotheism. You see what I'm saying? So he's rejected that light. He builds a he, he builds a, uh, an idol out of, you know, out of something that he just cut down with his own saw. You know, he just cooked his meal over some of the wood, you know. And uh, uh, he created a fire and warmed his hands. And now he's going to bow down and worship God. What light has he sinned against? The light of his own conscience. You're going to worship something that you were God over? <laughs> you cut that thing down. You, you made that. Uh, uh, and, uh, and you're going to worship that like, it's, like, like it made you? Conscience. And so they're condemned, uh, condemned by that. God shows us. Jesus said in John 15, 15, I, I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth, but I have called you friends. For all things that I have heard of my Father I have made known uh, unto you. And so God will show judgment uh, as it's coming. He will do that. And so we see verse 8, A lion hath roared. Who's that? That's God. <laughs> That's God. Look at, uh, look at uh, Amos chapter uh, 1 and, uh, and verse 2. Amos said, and he said, Who? The Lord will roar from Zion and utter his voice from Jerusalem, and the inhabitants of the shepherds shall mourn, the top of Carmel shall wither. See, God is roaring judgment. Uh, and through Amos, he is letting them know, I am coming to devour, <laughs> and uh, uh, I am coming to devour. You are walking against me, and uh, and now I'm coming. The time, uh, the time of judgment uh, has come. Uh, and uh, some, by the way, uh, he says, "The Lord hath roared; who will not fear? The Lord God has spoken; who can but prophesy?" And of course, some of Israel and Judah who didn't want to listen to the prophets would say, "You're lying. Uh, God didn't tell you to say that." 
You know, God hadn't told you to say that. Remember, they, they kind of said that to Jeremiah uh, when, when Jeremiah told him not to go into Egypt. Remember that? Oh, you're lying. God didn't say that, even though they told him, they, Jeremiah, they, we'll, we'll believe whatever you tell us, Jeremiah. Well, he told them the truth, and they said, oh, you liar. God didn't say that. And uh, no. And they might say the same thing about Amos, but not only is the two together, uh, can two walk together except they be agreed, there's a picture there that's obvious that Israel and Judah have forsaken God because they, are not, they have not kept the covenant. They are coming for judgment. But some would deny that God is with Amos. God is not walking with Judah and Israel because they are not agreed. God is walking with Amos. Why? Because they're agreed. And Amos' preaching is the very proof of that. The lion hath roared, who will not fear? The Lord God hath spoken, who can but prophesy? What in the world would bring a sheep herder from Tekoa, minding his own business, to go and begin prophesying all these things in the face of the rulers of the northern kingdom, saying, your king is going to die, you're going to go into judgment. Why, well, he could lose his life. What in the world would make a man do that? Well, I'll tell you what, the lion hath roared. God spoke to Amos and said, Son, it's time to go. And I don't want you to say what I'm telling you to say. You're going to deliver this uh, to this nation. That's, what, that's where he got the strength to stand up before them. It was obvious, listen, that two were walking together. Uh, with, they were agreed. And Amos himself pre preaching was the proof of that. That the lion had roared. That God had spoken to him. And God was speaking through him. And God was going to be with him. And that was a testimony, a testimony uh, to all those that are around that were that were around him. And uh, uh, and what what a testimony! Uh, and I think about this just in closing. This thought, uh, God's judgment's coming. And verse nine says what? Publish in the publish it in the palaces of Ashd in the palaces of Ashdod, and in the palaces in the land of Egypt, and say, assemble yourselves upon the mountains of Samaria. And behold the great tumults in the midst thereof, and the oppression in the midst thereof. For they know not to do right, saith the Lord, who store up violence and robbery in their palaces. What's God saying? Heathen nations, come on, gather together. Look over the hills of Samaria and view what I'm going to do. That's a pretty awesome picture, isn't it? It was quite a different picture when Israel lost to defeat to the Philistines uh, centuries ago, when Saul lost in battle, remember that? Saul and his sons were killed in battle. Saul, his problem was he didn't like to do things in the flesh. He, he worshipped the Lord, but he wanted to worship the Lord in his own way. And eventually led to, he, he called and called upon the Lord for help, but the Lord wouldn't answer him. So then he did go to a soothsayer, and, and he eventually died. And by the way, his very godly son, Jonathan, died in battle with him. But do you remember what happened then? See, Israel was just, they were just starting out as a kingdom then. Remember what happened then? I believe that God kind of spoke through the heart of David when David heard about the loss in the battle. And here's what David said in his lamenting in 2 Samuel 1.19. The beauty of Israel is slain upon the high, high places. How are the mighty fallen? Tell it not in Gath. Same place. Ashdod, Philistines, Gath. Gath, different place, but same people. Gath, Gath Philistines. Tell it not in Gath. Publish it not 
in the streets of Ascalon. Let the daughters of the Philistines rejoice. Let, the daughter, let, let not the daughters of the Philistines, let, lest the daughters of the Philistines rejoice, lest the daughters of the uncircumcised triumph. See, while God is showing his mercy, and he showed a lot of it, he said, oh, let's, let's not let the heathen rejoice over this. But you know what? Now God has had enough. He is like a cart pressed down, remember? And he says, now it's judgment time. Come on, heathen! I'm going to show you my glory because they're, they're so wicked they don't know how to do good right now and I'm going to judge them. I'm going to judge them and you're going to see my... I'm going to ch- chasten them and you're, and, you're, and you're going to see and you're going to see uh, uh, my power. I think about that. Uh, in God's patience, what do we see in closing? In God's patience, we see these judgments that are coming. And what did he say time and again? He said... Uh, in, uh, in uh, Amos chapter 1, uh, look at, well, look at verse uh, 13. Thus saith the Lord, for three transgressions of the children of Ammon and for four. What do we see constantly? For three transgressions and for four. For three transgressions and for four. This wasn't, a, this, this wasn't something God did hurriedly. God was waiting for the right time. And we, some have noted that for the three and the four, if that, if that, if that is in addition, that's the number seven, the number of perfection. Think about that, that patience of God. For three transgressions are for four. But listen to what God said in Leviticus when he said he would punish them if they didn't turn back. After all, that patience is waiting. What's he say in, 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 uh, in, in Leviticus? He says uh, time and again, he says in Leviticus 26, 14, If you'll not hearken unto me, will not do all these commandments. If you'll despise my statutes, if your soul abhor my judgments, so you'll not do all my commandments, but break my covenant. And Listen to Leviticus uh, 26, 23. If you'll not be reformed by me by these things, but will walk contrary unto me, then will I also walk contrary unto you and punish you yet seven times for your sins you see god's mercy was perfect god waited until the god was merciful and he waited just the right and just amount of time matter of fact just the right of time and you know what he said when i punish you i will punish you seven times when his punishment comes it comes what just at the right time just in the imperfection just in the right measure and sadly for Israel, uh, this was not the time of mercy as it was uh, during, during, uh, during Saul's loss. This was the time of judgment uh, under, under Jeroboam. Uh, and, uh, and God was going to bring judgment uh, upon them. And so we ought to be uh, sobered, amen, because God, uh, we ought to, but, but wisely thankful, God will not spare us chastening, will he? Uh, God won't let us wander from him as believers. He'll chasten us. And he'll chasten us in measure. He won't give us more than he will help us to handle. Okay? And, uh, but we can understand that he's watching over all that. And he brings it at just the right. He withholds it just the amount that is, is right in his plans and purposes. And he brings it at just the right time as well. And yet he, he, bring, he does that in all of his perfection. And in all uh, of his holiness. And so we can uh, thank him and praise him uh, for that. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your blessings and goodness. And God, I thank you for so many we read about in the Bible who, like this prophet Amos, who, who just left what he was doing at your call 
and, uh, and began to, pro to prophesy and to preach and your word as you had commanded him, though it was not a popular message. And we read about the strength that you gave him to do that, Lord, and so many others. And, and Father, we are so thankful because we have and know now so much more than Amos did. Uh, we have a, uh, a greater prophecy than Amos had. And uh, we have a greater truth to share. And, and Lord, I pray that you would help us to share that. Uh, because your son has died for us and risen again. Not, not for our sins only, but also for the sins of the whole world. And Father, I pray you'd help us to be mindful of that. Uh, God, right now is the day of grace. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Father, and anyone who will, uh, Father, can come to you and be delivered uh, from judgment. They don't have to reject the light that you are giving. They can receive it and, uh, and eventually be drawn to Christ and receive that light and be saved, uh, Father, and they can be delivered from condemnation. And Father, we pray that you'd help us to, uh, to share the gospel as you give us opportunity. We pray that you would and, and give us the wisdom and grace to share that as you do. And Father, when, when hard times come in our lives and, and uh, might we recognize when we, when we, when we falter, when we, when, we, when we walk away from you, that in love you will chasten us. Sometimes our fathers, earthly fathers, may have done it out of line. They may ha even have done it in, in an ungodly way. Uh, but, Lord, you'll never do that. Uh, your chastening will always be to, to help us uh, learn something and, to, and to, 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 to make us more like Christ and so to give us something better in our life. That is more Christ-likeness, uh, a greater uh, knowledge of you, a greater yielding to your spirit, a greater... Uh, sense of uh, of your working through our hearts a greater obedience uh, to your word and father i pray that you just help us and and work in us all these things we look forward to uh lord your mercies and grace your hand upon us in every way and yet help us as as job even said to receive the difficult times too uh father not not to forget that they have that purpose too and you'll give us the strength to to go through them when they come and show us the reason if, 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 that's, if that's for us to know, dear God, in your time. And Father, we pray and ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.